Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Okay, happy Monday, everybody. number of things here. First of all, I want to get into, sort of revisit one of the things that I mentioned earlier last week when I was talking about um, Miami University in Oxford, Ohio, and their return to school COVID policies, as it were. So I decided to go up the road a little bit, so to speak, and head over to Ohio State University and take a look at what their policies are for returning to school and the different coercion techniques that they too are using in order to get students jabbed. Um, I will tell you this, their website is far more complicated than Miami University's and it's not nearly as clear and straightforward, but horrifically so, as the K-12 school district that I mentioned earlier in an episode from last week also. So, as I've said, just because different schools are doing different things, it doesn't mean that they're all going to be crystal clear on what they're doing. I will say this, on Ohio State University's website, the propaganda is thick. Lots of mask wearing, lots of pictures of adults taking jabs, you know, the old, we're all in this together nonsense. It's it's really thick. And there's a lot of different um, safe and healthy protocol sort of uh, portals, so to speak, where an individual can click and find out a ton more. But I did want to read this because this is kind of interesting. And again, this is on their page. And it says this, uh, latest updates, July 9th. It says, quote, to further encourage the Ohio State community to be vaccinated against COVID-19, the university will be distributing $50,000 in prizes to students, faculty, and staff who have received their shots and report it to the university. Throughout August, the university will conduct weekly drawings of prizes that include gift cards, football season tickets, and annual parking permits. Read more on the Ohio State Vaccine Incentives page. Then it says July 1st. Um, again, we're going back in time, but it says the university has lifted the state of emergency declaration that has been in place since March 2020, a declaration which was pursuant to Ohio State's disaster preparedness and university state of emergency policy, policy 617, 6.17, gave the university flexibility in making a variety of financial decisions during the pandemic, which means stealing your money and uh, placing it on whatever they want, essentially. So they have a section here that is called Autumn Campus Reactivation. And again, it's very wordy. There's a lot of stuff here. Um, if an individual is actually still attending Ohio State and they don't want the jabs, I mean, you've got to come over here and you've got to read an absolute bunch. But I will say this, that they, again, have a bunch of videos and a lot of propaganda. And... Uh, I'm not going to play it all. In fact, I'm not going to play it at all, but it really is awful. I will say this, however. One of the things that they're unfortunately doing, as we all know, is they're creating their own problem. They're consistently creating their own problems here. They have an entire section in their frequently asked questions, and I'm going to give you just a taste of these questions because they're a mile long, and you know that the answers are miles longer than the actual question itself. But under academic work, it says, if all my classes are online, am I required to live on campus? Next question says, what are my options if I'm uncomfortable taking in-person classes? 
And then it has a section for academic work for graduate students and then accountability. What will happen if someone doesn't comply with required health and safety guidelines? Then there's an, a giant section on class management. It says, are there limitations on asking students to engage in group work outside of class time? Can students be required to submit their work in hard copy? How should office hours be handled? What should I do if I can't tie my shoes? What, what should I do if I'm too scared to leave my apartment? It doesn't say those last two things, but again, it might as well. I mean, this is absolutely insane, and these people are not well. They're just not well. Classroom safety measures. It says this, how will classroom spaces be cleaned? Where will personal protective equipment be available? Contact tracing, isolation, and quarantine. How long does isolation and quarantine last? When does the clock start? Quote, unquote. Now listen to this one. The answer to that question says this. For those who test positive for COVID-19, the 10 days of isolation starts the day after the positive test sample was taken. The clock starts the day after the test. Then the isolation period lasts 10 complete days. In most cases, the person can expect to leave isolation after that 10-day period is complete. For those who were in close contact with someone infected with COVID-19, the 10 days of quarantine starts the day after the close contact occurred. The clock starts the day after the contact. The quarantine period lasts for 10 complete days. In most cases, the person can expect to leave quarantine after the 10-day period is complete. In cases where a person is expecting symptoms related to COVID at the end of isolation or quarantine, the time may be extended. Dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun. This is just nuts. And they're creating their own work. Again, they're creating more work for themselves for nothing. They're creating more problems for nothing. But it's not going to matter now because you're still going to have the jabbed all around the jabbed, which means it's tons of people are going to get sick just as a result of being around the jabbed. Um, it's absurd. And again, this is a major Midwestern university here. I'm shocked that people would still attend. I'm absolutely shocked. I did find this line, however, and this one right here, again, pretty much answers the larger question. And in my opinion, again, this is beyond illegal. These are crimes against humanity. And this quote and this question right here and their frequently asked questions encompasses the entire thing in a nutshell. So Ohio State University, frequently asked questions under eligibility, availability, and scheduling. Quote, will Ohio State require the vaccine? Answer, no. Everyone is encouraged to get vaccinated as soon as they are able to do so. The vaccine has been proven to be safe and effective. Unquote. That entire thing is a lie. So do you have to be vaccinated to attend that school? No. But this business of safe and effective? No, it is not. It's deadly in the short and certainly in the long term. And they are still contact tracing people at Ohio State. It says this too. Do people who have to be vaccinated still need to quarantine if exposed to someone with COVID-19? And then the answer, this is ridiculous, the answer is, quote, if you're fully vaccinated and identified as a close contact, the case investigation and contact tracing team will determine if your vaccination status currently qualifies you for a quarantine exemption. 
They can't even answer their own question, let alone make up their own mind. They also say this too. Another ridiculous question. Can people still transmit the virus after being vaccinated? Vaccination, and their answer is this, vaccination protects you from severe illness from COVID-19. That's a critical benefit, which will help you and reduce the burden on our hospitals and society. We may also eventually find out that the vaccine has an impact on infection and transmission too, but it's just too early to know. We encourage everyone to get vaccinated when they are able to do so. The safe and healthy requirements, wearing masks properly, staying at least six feet apart from others, avoiding crowds, and washing hands often should still be followed, unquote. I, 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 don't, uh, I, don't know what to, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I could, I could do this with probably every single university. I could go through every single university in the, night, in, in the United States and highlight these points, and they're all going to be generally the same. But the one thing that they are doing is they're leaving a giant space for interpretation. They are leaving a giant space for what will happen when. Because as we already know, the president, so to speak, or the director of the CDC has already come out this past week and said that we have a problem of the unvaccinated, that they are the problem, that the unvaccinated are spreading it to people and that's why they're getting sick. That's ludicrous, number one, because that's not how the human body works. That's not how the immune system works. Then you have Joe Biden out there saying the exact same thing that the unvaccinated are killing people and that the only pandemic that exists are the unvaccinated and the fact that the unvaccinated are killing people. This is absurd. It continues to be absurd, but it's division. You see, division is the name of the game. That's what they want, which is why, again, I've said this a million times and so have countless other people, the game is simple. They want people divided. Now between the quote-unquote vaxxed and the unvaxxed. Because the vaxxed are walking around, not all of them, but I'm sure plenty are walking around thinking to themselves that if they encounter somebody who hasn't taken it, that that person is making others ill. Just like the doctor's story that I told as well. I mean, well, you don't want to make people sick, Sean. Well, shut up, because that's not how it works. And that's not how it works. And it's never how it works. If it were so effective then why are the only people getting sick the jabbed? Why is that the case? If the masks work, same thing. Why are you wearing the masks if the jabs work? Jabs, masks, back and forth, side to side. It's ridiculous. And all of these snake oil salesmen who work for Ohio State University and call themselves medical doctors, I'm telling you, there have got to be serious consequences for these people. There just have to. So this next story I wanted to bring up has to do with James O'Keefe, and this just came out, and it's titled Insider Leaks Critical Race Theory Indoctrination Within Children's Toy Manufacturer Hasbro. Now, there's a couple of angles here. First of all, it should come as no surprise to people that professional development, even within companies, has all been catered toward this critical theory nonsense, whether it be race, gender, discrimination, um, 
age-related theory, whatever it may be, whatever word you want to throw in. And as I've said in the past, originally it was just called critical theory because then they could just throw in whatever other word they wanted to and then it would become something different. So this shouldn't shock anybody that this happens. Again, nothing against Project Veritas. They do a lot of great work, but at the same time, for those of us that are fully awake, we see a Project Veritas story and we say to ourselves, okay, what's the, what's the shock here? What's the shocking report? It's like the last um, few females who have worked for Fox News or CBS, whether they be reporting on the weather or they, they're reporting on local news. And you know those, those uh, local news outlets are censoring the truth and not allowing them to actually report what the truth is, whether it be hydroxychloroquine or politics or whatever it may be. But again, that shouldn't shock anyone at this point. If it's shocking people, then they're late to the party and they're completely asleep. It doesn't mean that it still can't be brought up. And it doesn't mean that there aren't still more people that need to wake up. But again, at this point, I think that the jab is the defining line. I think that's the line in the sand. And I think that's what you have now. You have the people who are awake and the people who are jabbed. And uh, it's you know, I'm not sure the jabbed are, are fully going to wake up and end up uh, end up fully understanding this. But I want to play some of this audio because it still is interesting. And again, it, it goes not just from the professional development aspect, but also the actual toy manufacturing aspect. Because there's a lot of memes out there, whether they be real or not, that are showing um, Barbie with a mask and you know a white coat and. She's got her laptop and whatever else, and she's looking up information and blah, blah, blah. So there's just a lot of mask-wearing propaganda out there, too, along with toys. Um, you can go to a local gas station and find one of these dirty metal pits filled with child-related masks with cartoons all over them and XYZ. I mean, that right there, again, is part of the indoctrination program. But this specifically has to do with the critical race theory nonsense and... Uh, and, and doing whatever they can to get children as young as two, three, and four, and five years old to actually believe that whites are bad and that races hate each other because of the color of their skin instead of, you know, behavior differences or whatever it may be. So give this a listen, and I'm just going to play a little bit of this. Again, it's 27 minutes long. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but I will bounce around. My name is uh, <clears throat> David Johnson. I'm a packaging engineer for Hasbro. They are attempting to covertly push CRT, critical race theory, through branding and messaging through their products. I decided to come to Project Veritas because I opposed the indoctrination of children that they wanted to push. Explain what we're looking at here. This is the program developed by the Conscious Kid, which is working with Hasbro to teach children about racial bias at an early age. Is this a, a, a mandatory all hands training? Yes, it was mandatory for me. Children as young as two are already using race to reason about people's behaviors. Two-year-old racist is just an absurd concept. By three to six months, babies are beginning to notice and already express preference by race. By age three, children are already starting to apply stereotypes. They also may use racist language intentionally 
at this age. I think this is where the, the mask starts to slip a little bit. This is what people are talking about regarding critical race theory. This is critical race theory in practice. They explain that the white children in particular have the particular bias against black people. It's a mainstream ideology now, um, and it's in a lot of our institutions. People that I've spoken to about these issues, and I'm trying to explain to them why teaching people to segregate based on race or by gender or by any other inherent characteristic is wrong. If you want your children to be looking at people based on their race, then you are opposing Dr. Martin Luther King's dream. So I think that's progress in its truest sense, that we should not be judging each other by the color of our skin, but rather by the content of our character and actions. To express overt racial biases against um, people of color. By age three, children are already starting to apply stereotypes, and research shows that they also may use racist language intentionally at this age, and white children at this age may report explicit or overt negative attitudes towards people of color. Hasbro is going to use their lens, and Hasbro is going to push their principles through all levels of their product, marketing, packaging, what have you. We also see a lot of invisibility in products and media, and especially in children's products and media when it comes to communities of color. This also has an impact in communicating whose lives and stories are worthy of being represented and celebrated. Regarding product content and anti-blackness, a large portion of media or products are centered around or perpetuates anti-blackness. And research shows that negative or deficient depictions of blackness in media and products um, perpetuates this anti-blackness as well as aversive racial attitudes toward black people. And beyond attitudes, this, this can have an actual impact on interactions with black people. And for both kids and adults, stereotypes in the product and content can reinforce dangerous hostility and resentment towards marginalized community and also exacerbate a lack of empathy which is known as the racial empathy gap. So invisibility in products with blackness. Yeah, I, I guess the point they're trying to make there is that you will see less, I guess, dolls or toys specifically for or for people with darker skin, which might be true. But again, we're not supposed to be a society where the black people only play with the black toys and the white people only play with the white toys. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's not progress. It's regress. It's a regress of the civil rights era and the progress that was made there. How can creators either reinforce or disrupt biases through product? Well, products can do one of three things or all three things. They can send efficient uh, or affirming messages about societal structures and narratives. Product can also communicate messages about racial power and privilege. And it can also impact the way children see and interact the world with the world, whether creators are being intentional or not. I think this is where the, they're really uh, <clears throat> their mask starts to slip a little bit because the term racial power is very very interesting because again why are they trying to get people to see the world in terms of race if they're the same people who are complaining that one group is privileged over another that the assumption in itself that one entire race of people is privileged over another because of their skin color is racist in itself you're assuming that because their their color just makes them walk through life easier or their their color of the skin makes them have a harder life just by default that's stereotyping which is the thing they're supposed to be complaining about hmm. 
I commend him for coming forward without a doubt. Um, he's got a lot of courage doing this again, but it's, it's just not new. Uh, the business of toy manipulation and book manipulation and word manipulation to divide people has been something that's that, that's really been around for quite some time. More so, though, uh, here in the 21st century. So let me go backwards a little bit and share a couple of stories. When I was a kid, I played with G.I. Joes. My brother and I played with G.I. Joes. My cousins and I played with G.I. Joes. It didn't matter if we were male, female, whatever. I'm not saying any of this to virtue signal. It's not what I'm doing. What I'm doing is, is I'm just telling you that all of this is a lie, and I'm just going to prove that it's, that it's a just a bold-faced brainwash lie. That the people who create these presentations for these organizations, whether they be K-12 schools, higher ed, or full-blown businesses like this, they're not well. These individuals just aren't well. They are products of the very universities that push this on their own staff members and their own students. And then, of course, they leave those institutions, they go into the workplace, and it's usually the bigger corporations that are going to allow for this kind of behavior and this kind of indoctrination. A smaller group, you know, a smaller business, they, they don't even touch stupid things like this because they know how dumb it is. It's absurd. So, the the business of toy manipulation though is something that again we, we never we never even saw when when we were younger children we never even saw it gi joes again were a perfect example of of what i'm talking about multiracial multicultural individuals from all over the world so to speak were represented in that cartoon and with those toys and and we had them all we we, we didn't care we didn't run to the toy store and go let's get the white ones cuz the black ones are inferior we didn't do that no one does that and it's only the adults in the lives of the children that would indoctrinate their children into believing such a thing is actually real it's absolutely absurd in fact, we'd go so far as to rip their chests, arms, and legs off, we'd rip their heads off, we'd completely unscrew their back, and we would mix and match parts because some of them had cooler guns, and some of them had cooler uh, chest plates, and some of them had stronger legs, and some of them had cooler hats. And we would just mix and match the pieces together because it really didn't matter. It just didn't matter. But this, again, is the brainwashing that's coming from the corporate level all the way down and then the stupidity of the parents going all the way up. The child in the middle who's caught in the middle doesn't have a chance. They just don't have a chance. So, again, I commend this individual for coming forward without a doubt. It takes a lot of courage to do so, but it does roll back to, and again, I'm not trying to sound cynical with this. I'm just trying to say that it rolls back to this basic thing of, do we really not know that this happens? Because I think we know that this happens. This is happening everywhere. If it happens at Coca-Cola, you'd better believe it's happening at Hasbro. Now, there is something else that's interesting and worth mentioning and noting with these toys is that there is something that is referred to as race replacement. And what that means is, is you take a historic figure from the past and you simply eliminate their race. You change their race. You make it the opposite or it's even gender replacement. Captain America becoming a black woman, a black teenage girl. Okay, that's not Captain America. If you want to have a black teenage superhero, make one. 
But see, the individuals that are in charge of these companies aren't interested in authenticity. They're, they're interested in de destroying authenticity because that is a Marxist ideal. Once you do that, then you can erase history. Then, generations after that, people will not know that Captain America was a white, was a white male. Um, it's a fictitious character, yes, but again, take other individuals from history. Take Achilles, for example. There are BBC shows in Great Britain where Achilles is a, is a black man. Well, Achilles wasn't black. So why would you do that? Well, it's in their eyes for two reasons. It's to erase accurate history, number one, and then two, draw in another audience so that people will watch. The problem is, is that children will watch this believing that what they're seeing is actually historically accurate when it is not. And that does happen. In particular, again, you know, you go to the business of how the iPad and the, and the cell phone have become parenting tools now. So instead of the parent consistently watching what the child watches or paying attention to what the child watches, what ends up happening is, is the child ends up watching things that aren't real, and then they end up believing it. We all did it when we were younger, too. And again, there was a lot of information that even our parents... Uh, the baby boomers, so to speak, and older than them. I mean, there were things that they were shown that weren't real, but they believed they were real. It's just more brainwashing. It's more psychological subversion. And it's awful. So again, the, the, the need to parent and parent correctly and know what your children are watching and then stop them from watching particular things or stop them from buying particular toys I mean, ultimately, the parent's responsible for buying the, cho for buying the toy, but a parent does get to say, don't buy that. I don't want you to buy that. You don't get to have that. Pick something else, whatever it is. I mean, you know, it's, it's called discipline, and, uh, and more people need to practice it, I'm afraid, because we're not seeing enough of it, and look where it's gotten us thus far. Now, I want to end with this, and this is a clip from GreatBritainNews.uk with show host Neil Oliver, and this uh, was over on Gab on Methods, at Methods to Madness, and it's about four minutes long, and I want to play this because, again, he's talking about the jabs and how we have no business serving up children to be sacrificial lambs for the jabs because, again, we know what the jabs are already doing, and the people in the UK know exactly what the jabs are doing as well. But this business of these companies pushing this on children is an abomination, and they're not going to stop. They're going to do whatever they can here in the coming months to make sure that the FDA approves this for children, and you'd better believe that the blind sheep parents are going to walk their children straight into the slaughterhouse. It's just what's going to happen. So we have to keep talking about the harmful effects of this, making sure that children don't get this under any circumstance, because we know the brainwashed doctors are out there. We know the brainwashed nurses are out there with their TikTok dances and all that other bullshit. And all it's going to do is get children killed. And then parents are going to look at each other and go, well, I don't know why my kid is sick. Well, you'd better know why. So this is Neil Oliver. Give him a listen. Now, Chris Whitty. The Chief Medical Officer for England has predicted that restrictions, including face masks, will be needed, he says, after the 19th of July. Numbers are getting bigger again. More positive tests and the like. 
There's talk, serious talk, of vaccinating children against COVID-19, people under the age of 18. The EU are certainly keen. 19th of July is the latest in a long line of dates dangled in front of us proles and called something like Freedom Day. As always, though, the large print giveth while the small print taketh away. Now, the subject of vaccinating children has already been addressed by others here on GB News, but I cannot let it lie without saying something too. Speaking for myself, from my heart, I say this is a fork in the road for our society. We will be judged, and we should be judged as human beings by what we do next. COVID-19 poses almost no threat at all to children. If they do catch it, the disease will manifest itself in almost every case in symptoms indistinguishable from those of the common cold. Never before in medical history has there been a proposal to vaccinate children against a disease that poses them no measurable harm. Added to this is the undeniable fact these vaccines for COVID are experimental in that no data is available concerning long-term effects. We vaccinate children against child killers like measles. We vaccinate adolescents against the HPV virus that causes cervical cancer. We vaccinate children against flu, which kills young and old alike. In each case, the vaccines had been in development and rigorous testing for many years before any syringe ever got near any human flesh. We have no long-term data about the long-term effects of the vaccines. Of course we don't. We haven't had the virus long-term, far less the vaccines against it. An 80-year-old approaching the end of life and opting to take such a vaccine is one thing since the perceived benefits in the short term might outweigh the risks over the long term. A 10-year-old at the start of life, a life in which decisions and actions taken in childhood might affect or compromise many decades of that life, is another thing entirely. That we are even contemplating giving these vaccines to our children at this time, this time when so much remains unknown, strikes me as nothing less than grotesque. The apparent justification is that children may spread the virus and that by vaccinating them such risk is curtailed, that risk being primarily towards adults. But what of the risk to the children in receipt of a vaccine, the long-term effects of which must remain unknown for years to come? Are the adults of this country truly supporting the notion of standing behind a wall of safety built of our children and infants? That, to me, is an inversion of nature and should be contrary to what it means to be a parent, an adult, with an eye to the future. From around the world, there are already reports of adults being offered free burgers and fries, or lottery tickets, or jobs, or easier sentences for crimes in return for taking the vaccine. What sort of vaccines are these? What sort of disease is COVID-19 indeed, if people must be bribed to take their medicine? A few years ago, had we heard about a pharmaceutical company bribing people to take a brand new drug, I think I'm right in saying there would have been an outcry of note and legal actions aplenty. And so we are standing at a fork in the road. I say a society that contemplates putting children in the front line of protecting adults, far less embarks upon such a strategy, is not a society worth saving. If we don't put children, the young of the species, first, above all others, then frankly, what's the point in anything? These vaccines are a choice for adults. Take them or don't. That's the stuff of a private and personal choice in an erstwhile free society. 
but leave the children alone. Leave the children alone. Good message, except here's the problem. There's two words he used consistently that I completely disagree with. Number one, he uses the word vaccine over and over again. It's not a vaccine. It's not the legal definition or medical definition of a vaccine. Even with the individuals that have a good message to say are still using the wrong words. That's why I use the word jab. And other you hear other people say the jabs. It's simple. It's a jab of poison. That's what it is. It's venom. It's essentially venom. You're being bit by something that's being jabbed into you that is poisonous and venom and creating a venomous response. It is not a vaccine. That's number one. Number two, he used the word choice. That it's everyone's choice to take it or not. Ladies and gentlemen, if people were thinking human beings, they don't have to be critical thinkers, just thinkers. If they were just thinking and they actually didn't rely solely on the opinion of one, but actually read more about it online and dug for it a little bit and looked around, in particular now, for God's sakes, with the amount of videos that are out there on BitChute and Telegram, Gab, you name it, anybody on those platforms who watches or reads anything about these jabs, there's no way they would actually choose to take it. So when people will say this, and I've heard them say it, family members included, unfortunately, they'll say, well, I made a choice. It was our choice. I made a choice. No, no. You made the illusion of a choice. All you did was what eugenic, eugenicists wanted you to do. All you did was what pedophiles wanted you to do. All you did is what population controllers wanted, to, wanted you to do. All you did is what criminals wanted you to do. That's not a choice. That's just you doing what someone else told you to do. And most people, I would, I would hope anyway, would actually make choices based on facts instead of beliefs. Well, I believe it's safe. Well, I believe this. I believe that. Well, people believe in Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy, so how does that work out? Beliefs are not facts. They just aren't. And this business of, I just chose, or it's my choice, or I made a choice. No. Nope. If a person actually chose to do this, you chose poorly. So again, the word manipulation is strong, even in these individuals that again have, you know, what good intentions in their message. Leave the kids alone. I agree with them 100%. But this business of using the word vaccine and choice, I'm sorry. That's where you start immediately losing the knowledgeable. That's where you start losing people because it's neither of those things. But I will end with this, and this is an interesting story that was on um, greatawakening.win, and it was titled, I think I schooled my doctor on the dangers of the vaccine today. Now, you have to keep in mind that regardless of how this story ends here, the damage is already done. Because even if a doctor does learn after the fact, they've already jabbed countless people, you can bet on it. So the individual says this, quote, annual visit to my general practitioner, and he asked me if I had taken the vaccine. I sternly said no, and he was curious why. 
I told him over 9,000 dead in the U.S. alone, hundreds and thousands injured, including myocarditis, seizure disorders, skin issues, memory loss, and neurological damage, and added that the U.K. reporting reporting seems even more severe than in the U.S., but similar results in terms of what impacts they are feeling. He is very up on the myocarditis and won't vaccinate teens because of it, but he's not aware of the stats in the VAERS database. I told him I'd prefer he went on the site and verified himself instead of just hearing it from me so that he's informed as all physicians should be on the topic. Final argument I made was that any time I could change my mind if its merits are later fixed in the future and I had a need. For now I am treatable with multiple medicines, HCQ and ivermectin, Chance of death from it incredibly low, and there is simply no reason to get it without proper testing and validation, which it has failed miserably already, but not talked about in the mainstream. He stopped questioning and said he will research it. That's all I ask. Another win for the informed. Unquote. Except again, not to play devil's advocate here, but unfortunately in many cases like that, the damage is already done. You can assume that when a doctor asks such a question, they've already jabbed a number of people. And that's remarkably unfortunate. So anyway, just to give you an update again on the VAERS reporting system, we're over 11,000 deaths thus far from the jabs. And keep in mind that um, VAERS is only reporting 1% of all actual cases. While at the exact same time, they're deleting posts from just the individuals that are reporting to VAERS in real time, because all of the posts are in chronological order and you can't even find all of them. So there you go. More to pay attention to. Again, just because it's the middle of summer doesn't mean the enemy is going to stop. They're going to keep going. So keep paying attention, stay vigilant, and I'll catch you Wednesday. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.